Welcome everybody. This is Inner Mechanics of the Tyra, Shear number 8. And the topic is the trup, the tamim, the, in English the cantillation symbols. So we're going to try to learn a little bit about the meaning of their names, their purpose, and how they're used to explain psukim. The truth is that I enjoyed preparing this share very much. It was largely eye-opening for me as well, and I just started to scratch the surface. Uh, we're going to see what we could pack into this shear, but there is so much, and it's so fascinating, every little aspect of it. So I'll try to share some of it as much as we can get through tonight. <clears throat> I think we can safely say that one of the least understood parts of the Torah are the trop or the timim, and you know, as I said in English, the cantillation symbols. We have a total of, now actually the total is a little bit unclear, because some of the trop in that you know, little introductory paragraph that every Chumash has, a number of the names are repeated. Munach, 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 a few different times. Kadma is repeated a few times. So uh, it seems like the number is about 29 or maybe 25. So there's about 20, let's say 25 symbols. And uh, four of them, the last four being quite rare. And each one has a name, and, and clearly each one has a purpose. The overwhelming majority of people... Um, have no idea what the significance of the names are, and although many seem to have a literal meaning, meaning like Revi'i means the fourth, right? But what about that particular tam has to do with number four? And we certainly don't know how they are applied in the Pasuk, with the exception of the famous ones like Esnachta and uh, Saif Pasuk, so that everybody knows Esnachta is a stop, and Saif Pasuk is a, even a more severe stop, it, it totally divides the Psukim. And we know that tipcha, right, that looks, looks like a comma and functions like a comma, it's like a soft stop. But aside from those three that most people are familiar with, esnachta, seif pasik, and tipcha, uh, the other ones, we don't really understand how they're used or why they're used. Kadma va'azla, pazer, why are those taimim used? What, how do they work to help explain the psukim and how are they used in shat? Now, the trap are taught to every bar mitzvah bachar, as, as they should be, and we lane them every week, and they add significant hours of preparation on the part of the balkare. We don't require someone to repeat a word when he says the trap wrong, even though in brisk, in yeshiva, where I was in Eretz Yisrael, they did actually require the balkare to re- go over the word if he said the trap wrong. But uh, the reason why we don't require is because it doesn't change the meaning if you do the trap wrong, at least not, you know, obviously. So we don't make them do it again. But every Balkara puts in a lot, a lot of effort to try to memorize the trap and get it right. And they're clearly extraordinarily important, a part of our Messiah, Tarish of Tarish of Iksav, and they're a crucial part of understanding Tarish of Iksav, but yet we know next to nothing about them. One of the sources that we find for the trap is a Pasik in Kahelas. I'm going to share the screen. Uh, there we go. So, number one, Tzapasik and Kehelas, uh, all the way in the end. The Yeser Shehaya Kehelas Chacham, and in addition, Kehelas was very wise, that's Shleim HaMelech. Oid Limed as Das as he also taught the whole nation, the Izein, the Chiker, the Tikin Mishalom Harbe, and he uh, also taught many Mishalom, and he taught different parts of the Torah. And um, 
And then the Bagamar Ervin says, Darish Rava What das are we talking about? What knowledge did he teach the nation? The Agmarai Besimone Taimim. He taught them the the Simonim, the Taimim, the trap. So here we have Kahelas taking the time. Apparently you needed to be the wisest man on earth to be able to teach everybody the meaning and the depth and the secrets that are included in the, in the Taimim, in the trap. In addition, there's a Gemara Megillah that says that, that Ezra HaSeifer taught, as a Pasuk, Vidarshan Pasuk in Ezra, that demonstrates also that we taught uh, the, these, uh, the Taimim and the trap. So the trap have definitely an early Makar being taught by the G'dayim of Klai Yisrael, Shleim HaMalach, and Ezra, and they also are, um, they also are, as far as we understand, they were given over the trap, whether the exact nigan as we do it, because the Sephardim and Ashkenazim have different ways of intoning them, but there is some form of trap that we all apply when laying these psukim. And we'll see that um, there are, you know, whole sfarim written on this topic, as you would expect, although not as many as you might think. And in addition, we would expect that the Mepharshia Torah, Rashi, Ramban, the Ibn Isra, the Rashbam, would make, utilize the trap more than they do when explaining the Pshat and the Psukim, but yet it's kind of rare to find Rashi using trap to explain a Pasuk and the Ramban even more so, and other Mepharshim as well. There are some notable exceptions. You will find Rashi bringing a proof from a Tipcha here or there, uh, and, uh, but re- almost never from a Pazer or a Kadm of Azla, and I'm not sure why this is, but here's an example of Rashi using the trap to explain Pshat in the Pasik. Let me share the screen. So here you have a Pasik in uh, in uh, Dvarim. So Halehema, they are Be'ever Hayarden on the other side of the Yarden, Achare after Derech Mavoy Hashemesh. Now Rashi is coming to prove that the word Achare is stands alone. You don't read it together with Achare Derech Mavoy Hashemesh. If you take a look at Rashi here, he says, It's on the western side of the Yarden. And the Mikra, the Tamim, demonstrate that it's two different things. Shenin could do Taimim because they were punctuated with two different Taimim. Achare is Nokud Bepashta. The word Achare has a Trap Pashta. Vederech Nokud Bemashpe. So as you see, Rashi has different words, different names for the trap than we have, and that's going to be kind of significant because, as we'll see later, many mafarshim utilize the names of the trap themselves to say pshat and the psukim. But in any case, there's different messiahs clearly uh, what to call these trap, but the shapes and forms are kind of are, are all the same. So anyway, Rashi demonstrates that achare is a separate word and has to be explained as an individual word based on the way the trap is uh, the, the, the trap used on them. So this is an example of where Rashi um, uses the, where Rashi uses the trap to explain chat and the Pasik. But by and large, it's kind of rare. You don't find it that often in Rashi. And it's interesting. I don't know why that is. It's interesting that it is that way. Because other, um, other Rishayinim say very much that the trap are essential for understanding Psukim. The Benizah writes that, Kol Any Pshat in the Pasik that doesn't follow the trap in the Pasik, Don't listen to it and don't want it. The, the one who instituted the trap knew Pshat in the Pasik better than all of us. 
he also writes the trap to reading is like putting the neshama in a guf in other words what gives life to the kriya to the words and he says the taimim are the very first Pirish, you should go to. You want to understand Shana Pasik? The first place to look is at the trap. They're the most important of all the Mefarshim we have in Tanakh. So the Ibn Izzard definitely gave tremendous weight to the Ta'amim when obviously he based his own Pirish on the, the, ta, the Ta'amim and the trap. Rabbeinu Bechaya on the Torah writes, "Mitecha Taimim Shabbatayra from the trap in the Torah on a Mavina Mashalai Nichtaba." We can understand what wasn't written openly. Kenyan Hatnuish Shabbatadam, like when a person's body language, when he talks, you smile, you you get gesture, gesture, gesture with your hands, so you also you convey meaning that way. That's the purpose of the trap. Shemitechem Neda Kavanas Liber. From there, you can understand what the Kavana was, what the intent was behind the words. So it's a fascinating thing that this, this, this shows us that not only the actual trap themselves, but the sound of them, the tune, the niggin, the intonation, comes to teach us meaning in the Pasuk as well, which we'll see as we go along. So obviously in the course of a short share, we are not going to get to the explaining all the trap and how they're applied and so on and so forth. We're just going to try to use some examples just so we can get an idea of how extensive um, the trap can be used extensively. The trap can be used to understand pshat and the psukim and how much depth there are in each and every single trap. In addition, the Sifri Kabbalah, there are ha- many secrets of the Torah, many sedus Torah that are derived from the trap. The Zayra itself, in a number of places, the trap is used to explain different uh, concepts and pshatim and the pasuk. There's actually one amazing Zayra which is quite illuminating, and it's coming to explain the trap. Of the Aseris Adibris. Now, as we know, when we lay in the Aseris Adibris, there's two ways you could lay in it. There's Tam Elyon and Tam Tachten. Tam Tachten is when you're doing, when you're being Maver Seder at home, you're doing Shnai Mikra, you lay in the trap, that's the one that's printed in the Chumash. But when you lay in a Bitsibur, there's Tam Elyon. And the, the, the Zayar is explaining the certain Tam Elyon on actually quite, which is quite strange. Take a look at uh, these words of the Aseris Adibris. So it's um, number uh, three. So, Loi Terzach. Leitinaf and Leitignav. Now, if you look at but all three of those, Leitertzach, Leitinaf, and Leitignav, the tam under the Lai is a tipcha, right? Now, as we explained before, it's, tipcha is the easiest one to remember because it looks like a comma and it serves like a comma. It does the same purpose as a comma. It's a separation, a, a soft separation. So, Leitertzach, Leitinaf, Leitignav. That's a very strange trap. The Tam Tachten, which is the one printed in your Chumash, that's not the trap, because why would it be? Why would you make a separation between the, the word Lai and Tertzach? Uh, so I believe the Tam Tachten is the opposite. It's a Mercha Tipcha, in other words, they, they go together. It, there's a trap that connects the two words, but the Tam Elyon divides the two words. The, the Zayar asks, why are we dividing the Lai from the Tertzach? Why are we dividing the Lai from the Tinaf and the Lai from the Tignav? And the Zayar says an amazing thing. The Zayar says, if not that we divided it, Bazdin would never be able to administer the death penalty. They wouldn't be able to give Misa. The, the remez in this trap is that loy, you're not allowed to, but sometimes Tertzach, sometimes you should kill. That's why we separate the words. Loy, you're not allowed to kill, but there are times that Tertzach, there are times that you do have to kill. Loy, you're not allowed to adulterate, but Tinach, there are times that you do, right? Let's say Yibum would be a good example of that. You're not, it's, it's Znus, but there are times that it's a Mitzvah. Loy, you're not allowed to steal, but Tignaiv, there are times that you can steal. The Zayar explains that's Gnevas Das. Sometimes Bezdin has to rely on tick trickery in order to derive the truth, to be able to outwit someone who is lying in a Din So it's a fascinating, fascinating pshat, which the Zayar derives 
from the truck. Now, the, let's first work on the simple usage of the trap. I'll give you just a basic idea of what, how the trap are used in Pshat and the Pasuk, and then we'll get to the more esoteric Pshatim that are learned out of the trap. So the simple using, usage of the trap is they're divided into two groups. And the two groups are, are called the Maishlim and the Mesharsim. Maishlim means the rulers, literally the rulers, like the kings, and Mesharsim are the servants. And they, the, the purposes are the Maishlim, the group that are called Maishlim, the rulers are the ones that split a Pasik, or split words, or split phrases in a Pasik. That's Maishlim. Those are one group of trap. And then there's another group of trap, which are uh, Mesharsim, servants, those actually bring together words. Those are the ones that connect different words. So let me give you a couple of examples, because interestingly, these groups are also further subdivided into more groups. So starting with the, the, the Maishlim, the kings, there are different um, levels of, um, uh, of reign, I guess, of, of, uh, of monarchy, very similar to the kind of monarchs that we know, and they're actually called those names. Like the highest level is called the Caesar, the Caesar, and then the next level is called the Malachim, the kings, and then the next level is called the, the Mishnah Lamelech, the, the second to the king. So what are the different levels? So the highest level, the Caesar, the ones that are an absolute staff, those we're familiar with, that's the Saif Pasuk, and the Asnachta, that's the Kesar. Those make absolute stops. The Saif Pasik ends the Pasik. Asnachta is basically a period. And that's a full stop. That's the Kesar. The next level is the, the called the Malachim, the kings. And some of those are the Segoil, you know, Zarka Munach Segoil. That's, that's a, a Melech, which is a, it's a stop. It's not a full stop, but it's a stop. A Zokef Katan, a Zokef Godel. Those are different Tamim, which indicate a stop, even though it's not a period. It's still in the middle of, a, of, a, of, a, of an idea. It's the middle of a thought, but it is a stop. And we'll, we'll demonstrate sh- soon how they're used. Uh, and a tipcha, as we saw before, which is like a, a comma. Basically, I guess you would say that Malachim is a, is, is, the same thing as a tipcha, all the malachim are a comma. They're a comma in the middle of a pasig used, uh, used to divide the concepts, even though not to put a full stop to it. So if you find a segel, a zakav katna, a zakav gadl, or a tipcha, those are, you treat them as a comma in the pasig. And then the next level is called a mishneh. Now mishneh means even less than a comma. We'll see in a minute how that's used. And an example of that is the revi'i, or a tavir, right? So the revi'i is a little less than a comma, uh, a pashta, a zarka, those are all a little less than a, kar- a kama. In the Misharsim group, the ones that are um, used to connect words are Klisha Katana, Kadma, as in Kadma Va'azla, right? So the Kadma always puts the word con- together with the Azla, Darga goes together with the Tvir, and uh, Mercha goes together with the Tipcha, so on and so forth. So there are these are the groups of, of Trap that are there to connect and put words together. So let me give you an example how this works, and then you'll uh, get an idea of how, the, how we utilize the trap to learn Pashup Shah and the Psukim. So look at this Pasuk over here, number four. It's Pasuk in Pashas Mishpatim. So the Pasuk says, Eved hashor So if the, we know, so we know what the Pasuk is talking about, right? If a uh, slave, an Eved, Yigach Hashar, was gored by the ox, or a maidservant, uh, you have to pay 30 shkalim to the master of Asher Yisakal and the shars put to death. Now, if you look at the Pasig, it's not clear how to read it. It's a little confusing. Because Im Eved Yigach could be read if the slave is gored by the ox, but it could also be read 
Im eved If a slave gores an ox. Now, slaves don't generally gore, right? But still, that's the way the, it seems to read. Im eved If the eved will, will gore the ox. So if you look under the eved, there is a tam uh, tvir. There's a tvir under the eved. And the purpose of that tvir is a separator. But it's not even a comma, because it's not meant to be a comma. You don't need a comma here. You're not separating anything. You just want to make sure that you read the pusik properly. That you, you don't put two words together that aren't meant to go together. So, im eved, yigachashar. So the, uh, the yigachashar has a mercha tipcha under it. Those, those tamim are meant to put the words together. The mercha under the yigach. Uh, connects it to Shar. So this teaches you to read the Pasik Im Eved, if a slave was Yigach HaShar, was gored by the Shar. Right? So again, the Eved, we don't have, it's not a comma, but it's just separating it just enough. That's why it's called a Mishnah. It's the third level of separator. It's, the, it's the, basically the softest level of, uh, of separation. So it's, uh, it's there to, to teach you um, uh, this, uh, this, uh, this, this concept. That the the eved needs to be read separately from Yiga Hashar. Okay, uh, let's give you another example again from Parshas Mishpachim, Mishpatim, number five. And here we're going to see that uh, I want the the second level ones, the malachim, the kind of stop that's a more severe stop, like a comma, and it's actually used to change pshat in the in halacha. Makes a difference in halacha. Look, look at pasuk number five, So this is about shmita, right? Shviyas tishmetano natashta. By when shviyas, when shmita comes, you have to leave your fruit out and leave them out on the field. and the poor people will eat those fruit. V'yisram, now simply you would translate v'yisram means the remainder. Who knows, whatever the poor people don't eat. V'yisram, whatever else is not eaten by the poor people, t'aychachai will be eaten by the beasts of the field. Kein that's what you do with your, your grape, your vine, and your, uh, your olives. So if we would have this pasig, simply it would sound like that on Shemitah, all the fruit can't be eaten, it needs to be left on the field, the poor people can eat it, and whatever they don't eat is left over for the beasts of the field. But the, the Yerushalmi brings down the Rabbi Yaisi, it's a Mechleik Yerushalmi, but Rabbi Yaisi says, no, that's not how you read this Pasik. This is how you read this Pasik. Hashvi is Tishmetano Natasha, the Pashvi is you have to leave the fruit, and Ba'achlo Avyoyne Amecha Ve'Yisram. The Avyoyne Amecha, the poor people in the, will eat them, Ve'Yisram, and the Yisram will eat it. What are the Yisram? Yisram are the people that have Yeser, people that have a lot. The, the wealthy people. So the poor and the wealthy will eat it together equally, as the beasts of the field eat it. Right? So now the Pasuk is saying something totally different. It's just trying to say that everybody will eat it equally. No one will have more power over the next person. The poor people will eat it, the rich people will eat it, and, and the, the, the beasts of the field will eat it, and it's coming to teach you uh, a halacha that's very specific to Shviyas, which I can't get into now. It's talking about the concept of biur. There's a certain time in Shviyas where you can't eat the fruit in the field anymore. You have to leave it to, to, to the animals, or you could, or you can't. It, it makes an afkimin and halacha how you read this pasik. But the reason why Rabbi Yaisi reads the pasik that way is because the trap on the word v'yisram is a zakev gadol. And a zakev gadol, like we said before, is a comma, it's a stop. So you don't read it, v'yisram teichel chayasasada, the remainder gets eaten by the chayasasada, because there's a stop on v'yisram. So therefore we do the opposite, we put it together with the poor people will eat it, v'yisram, and the rich people will eat it, and, and then we equate them to teichel chayasasada, will be eaten together with the beasts of the field. So here you have a case, where the trab actually not only changes the pshat and the pasik, it makes a very significant, a significant difference um, in halacha as well.
Now, let's uh, give you another interesting example over here, number six, is where we actually try to figure out, based on the trap, the sound of the trap, not just the purpose of the trap. Till now, I was working with the purpose of the trap, which, of course, the main purpose is to make the commas and the periods and the stops. But it does more than that as well. Look at this Pasik, a very well-known Pasik. And Bereshis is Yaakov Avinu talking to number six, the Yaakov Avinu talking to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he's saying, I'm small, I'm unworthy uh, from all the, the, the kindness and all the truth that you have done to your servant. Because with my stick I crossed the yard and I have two great camps. Now, if you look at the trap on the word Katainti, so over here, the version I have is that the trap on Katainti is a revi. But if you look in your Chumash, and I'm sure our Bali Kaire that are here on board um, are, are uh, probably wondering because the typical trap, everybody knows, they lay in Katainti is Azla Gerish. In other words, the way we have it in our Chumashim, the trap on Katainti is Katainti. That's Azla Gerish, right? That's a very, uh, like a joyous, exciting kind of trap. And the trap I have here, which is other version, is Katainti with a Revi. Katainti, much more subdued. Now, Mepharshim say, it doesn't make sense, it should have an Azla Gerish. Why does it have such an exciting trap if Yaakov Avinu is trying to say that he's unworthy, he's small, he's not, uh, he, he shouldn't get any of this. Katainti, the Revi, which is a minor key, much more subdued, makes more sense. And uh, therefore they say that that should be the right way to read this, this Pasuk. But I saw on a Sefer, he explains that actually in the Medrash, there's two ways to understand how this, what this Pasuk means. Katainti Mikala Chasada might mean I am small and I'm not worthy of all the kindnesses, so then it should be a Ravi. Yaakov Avinu is saying he's unworthy. But the Medrash says, no, there's another way to read this Pasik. Really, I am worthy, Yaakov Avinu is saying. Really, I should be worthy and I'm, I'm roy to get a nace. But since Hashem made so many, uh, so many chasadim, so much kindness, I lost a lot of schusim. Katainti mikala chasadim. I've become small because of all the kindnesses you've done. And if that's what Yaakov Avinu is saying, he's saying he's worthy, but Hashem, you've showered me with so much kindness, then it makes sense. It should be an azlagerish. It should be more of a joyous tone of voice. Katainti, because he's, he's demonstrating uh, a chashivas of himself and a, a uh, and hakar zatayim, gratitude to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, for showering him with uh, so much with so much hatava. So here's a fascinating case where the sound, the nigan of the trap itself will make a difference in how to understand this pasig. And true, truthfully, depending how you want to say pshat in the pasig, it would be the correct way to apply the trap. Look at the next example. Now, the very famous example of this is number seven and number eight is the Shalshalas. The Shalshalas is not a very typical trap. It's kind of rare. There's only, I think, about six or seven of them in the Torah. And uh, each time it's used, it re- is always explained pretty much the same way. A Shalshalas is like a rope, a chain, the concept being something that ties you, something that binds you, it holds you back, it causes you to hesitate, to delay. So in the places that it's used, and the, the way it sounds is also the same way. Shalshalas, it's a very drawn out, uh, tone, intonation. So the way it's used on the psukim is very similar. Look at this pasik. This is by uh, Light, number seven. It's Light in Sudaim. So uh, he was being told by the Malachim to leave, and the, the, he, he was taking his time. It was hard for him to leave. mama. So he, he, he delayed. He, he, he wasted his time. He didn't want to leave. And the, the angels, the Malachim, who were like people, had to grab him by the hand and schlep him out of Sudaim. 
So that's one example where the tune itself demonstrates the meaning of the word. Another example is uh, in Vayikra Pasha's Tzav, when Moshe Rabbeinu is performing the Avoida, the, the very the only time that Moshe Rabbeinu did Avoida was in the Chanukah as Hamishkan. So uh, the first seven days of the of the Chanukah Hamishkan, he did the Avoida, and it says Vayishchot. And here also it's a Shalshalas Vayishchot. Vayikra Moshe Midam, and he took the blood and he put it on Tnuch Oiz and Aaron Aymanis. And Mepharshim say that this was the final Avoida that Moshe Rabbeinu did. This was the very last. Thing he did in service of the Beis Hamikdash, and this would be the very last thing in his life that he would do in Avodah, and it was very difficult for him. He loved doing Avodah so much, so there was a I don't know if there was a literal delay, but there was an emotional delay when he did it that he he didn't want to let go. He wanted to hold on to doing the Avodah. That's what some of Farshim say. Pshat and this Shalshalos and the other Shalshalos is also are, are utilized that way, which also is a fascinating pshat in utilizing the sound, the intonation, the niggin of the trap. Another way we find that the trap are used to explain psukim, these are, some of these are famous and some of them are not as well known, is the words themselves, the meaning of the trap themselves. Like, and as I said before, there are different messiahs exactly what the words of the trap are. So not everybody agrees, but with Ashkenazim have a certain messiah, what we call the names of the trap. So there's a very, very famous one, Lamashal from the Gra in Sefer Kaila Yo. Notably, he goes many times, he explains psukim based on the names of the trap. So one very famous one is uh, number nine in Vayigashel of Yehuda, Vayem Rabbi Adaini, right? So uh, Yehuda is coming to Yosef and he's coming to argue on behalf and, and uh, on behalf of Binyamin to get him released. So the trap is Kadma Va'azla, Vayigashel of Yehuda, Yehuda is a Revi. So it's Kadma Va'azla Revi and then it's Zarka Munach Segal. So the Gra says, Vayigashel of Kadma Va'azla, right? Kadma Va'azla. It means Kadma means he went early, he went first. Azla, he went. Azal. So Kadma of Azla, he went first. Revi, the fourth son. Yehuda was the fourth son. Why did the fourth son go first? Why did he go ahead of all of his other brothers? Why is he the one who was debating the, uh, with Yosef to try to save Binyamin? The answer is, because he had thrown away his Segal, his Segula, his Elam Haba. He had put his Elam Haba on the line. Uh, of, of Binyamin, if he doesn't bring Binyamin back, he said he he'll be um, he'll be put in cheirim both from this world and both from the next world. So he had put his whole Elam Haba on the line. So that's why Kadma Vazlaravi. That's why he went first. The fourth son went first to argue with uh, Yosef. So that's always, that's one uh, beautiful shot of the Gra. There's another one, uh, actually not, I didn't know it as well, but apparently it's also famous, it's in last week's parasha, number 10, right, so the, the Mitzrayim made the Jews' life bitter, with, um, with difficult work, right, so by means they made their life bitter, so the Gra says here also, it's Kadma Va'azla, why is it Kadma Va'azla? Because because they the Mitzrayim made their work bitter because there was the 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 Avodah Kasha. That's why they went out of Gal Galus earlier. Kadma Va'azla. They went out earlier because of the Kaishi Ashibud, because of the difficulty. And other Mefarshim add to the Gra and they say this is beautiful that Kadma Va'azla is Bigematria 190. And 190 is exactly the amount of years that they went out earlier. It was supposed to be there 400 years. They were there only 210. Kadma Vazla, they went out 190 years earlier. So another example where the names of the trap are utilized to say Pshat in the Pasik. There's a very, also a pretty famous one from the Gra. This is a fascinating one. That's in Parshas Re'eh, number 11. 
This is on the Pasuk of Tzedakah. You should open your hands to give Tzedakah to him. So he explains the Gemara Bav Basra. The Gemara Bav Basra of Yudam et Aleph says that Rav Papa was walking downstairs and one of the stairs broke and he nearly fell through and died. And he was very, very upset. Why? Because he considered falling and dying was basically the same method of death of Skila. Skila, the, the first act of Skila wasn't throwing stones, it was pushing the person off a roof. So you, the person would fall to his death. If he didn't die, they threw stones at him. So he said, why am I, be, why am I being threatened with Skila min HaShemayim? Was I Mechal Shabbos? Did I serve a Zara? It's one of the most serious sin, uh, punishments for a sin. Why am I getting such a serious punishment? To which the Rav Chia Barab Midifti went over to him and told him, you know, maybe a poor person approached you and you didn't give him tzedakah immediately. And he brings, he quotes another b'risa that says that you're deserving of the death penalty if you don't give to a poor person immediately. So the Gras says, look at this Pasuk, open your hands to him, the trap is Darga severe. Under Pesach is Darga, under Tiftach is severe. Darga severe in Aramaic means the step broke. This is Aspshat. Rav Papa did not, was not Pesach, Tiftach, He didn't give Tzedakah quickly enough, and therefore Darga Tavir, the steps broke under him as he was walking. Also a very beautiful Pshat of the Grau. Another uh, one of very similar was, uh, I'm sorry? No question. Like, you have all these, these like, Darbach that, you know, the Grau says on this Pesach and that Pesach, right. you know, in, in Yerusham, he says, like, it seems like it's, um, you know, it's like individual, like, exception, exceptions. The question is, are there, are there klolem that you can say? There are actually, there are actually a whole svarim uh, that dedicate to try to explain, uh, to explain them. Uh, they, they have a harder time with the common ones, like the merchas and the tipchas, but they do try to put an effort into the more less common, the, the less common ones, like the pazer and this example of Kadmav Azla, Shalshelas. So the one, the, the trap that are less frequent, they do put a much more of an effort and they're pretty good at it. They, they, uh, if you work on it, you could find an explanation for all of them. The ones that the Gras say are, you know, they're Gras worthy, they're, they're brilliant, they're, they're, you know, they're, they're eye-opening. But on a, on a more simpler level, it's not that difficult to, uh, to, to understand yeah, the connection. Yeah, Kedah, right, the end of the year, the Parshat Kedah, it's also right. the Rosh Hashanah. So, the if you uh, like I said, if you if put some effort into it, or if you find the swarm that talk about it, you'd be surprised. They have beautiful, beautiful pshatim. Let's uh, let, me, let me let me just continue. I'll take I'll take more questions. Uh, I'll take more questions afterwards. Um, and here's another another vart from the Gra, which I actually was not familiar with at all, and it's also a fascinating, a beautiful pshat. Number twelve. This is in Megillus Esther, coming up soon in Purim. So there's two psukim in Megillus Esther, very uh, similar words. One is describing how the other women came to meet Achashverosh, and one is describing how Esther came to meet Achashverosh. So the pasuk that describes how the other women came to meet Achashverosh say Uvagiyatar Narav Inara. So it's a kadma ba'azla. The other women were uh, are. It says it's a kadma ba'azla. But on the pasuk of Esther, uh, all Balakare will no, will will have noticed that it's kind of unusual. There's a lot of munachs in a row. Uvagiyatar Esther Basavichayil Doid Marda. 
Ha, a whole bunch of munachs in a row, which is very unusual. So the Grah says that the other women were dying to go to Achishver. They were hoping they would become his wife. Kadma Ba'azlo, they ran ahead. They ran early in order to be get in and, be, and perhaps become his wife. But Esther was the opposite. She was munach, munach, munach. Munach means nach. She kept on resting and stopping and holding back and trying whatever she could not to go. She had to be forced to go. She only wore the makeup and the perfume and clothing that, that she was forced to wear. So that's why on the other women, it's the Kadma Ba'azlo, they went ahead, and Esther is munach, munach, munach. She, had, she was holding back at the best that she could, hoping that she would be ignored by, uh, by Achashverosh. Yes. Also in the intonation. It just slows down the whole process. Right, 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 right. Exactly. The sound of it as well. Very good. Um, so I was, uh, this was a big, this was a chiddush to me. It was a beautiful chat from the ground. Nice, nice, nice to remember on Purim. Um, I saw a sefer I mentioned before. Um, one moment. Uh, a, a sefer that I, uh, I mentioned before, he tries to explain every puzzer in the Tyra. He wrote a whole sefer dedicated to just explaining the puzzers in the Tyra. And he apparently there's 150 of them, which I was a little surprised. I thought there would be more. Uh, but that's that uh, he makes a full count of 150. And uh, uh, Pazer is quite a distinctive trop, right? Pazer is a uh, Pazer. It wakes you up. And I'm not just making this up. The Rabbeinu Bechaya in Parshas Noyach on the Pasek Kol Asher Nishmas Ruach Chaim Ba'apav uh, says, There's a, You should be nisayr when you read these words. It's a puzzle. So, puzzle, the purpose of a puzzle is to wake you up, right? It's a very uh, powerful tam. It, it goes high and up, and it's there to, to bring attention to the word. So, what's interesting about this Sefer who goes through all the puzzles is that the very first one he writes really stumped him. And that was the hardest one for him to understand. The very first one is in Bracious. It's on the Pasik of Hashem created the large fish, and all living things. That crawl and that creep, that, uh, that, 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 that live in the water. So, on the word that crawl and creep, there's a puzzle. And for the says for the life of himself, he can't figure out why would there be a puzzle on remeses, on the word that they crawl and creep. What's the significance of that word? Why should it need a puzzle to bring so much attention to it? So he writes that uh, the only chat he could come up with is that the mem, which is the, the puzzle is on the mem of remeses, is the one thousandth letter in the Torah. It's exactly number 1,000 in the Torah. So he says, that's very significant, this number 1,000. Now he, can't, he doesn't explain why is, it, why is it number 1,000, what's the significance. He says, obviously, if it's number 1,000, it's significant, whatever the pshat is, and that's why there's a pizer. Now, personally, I was thinking that I wouldn't have had such a problem with this because this is the first instance of life in creation. The first day was light and dark. The second day was the heaven and earth. The third day was the sun, moon, and the stars. All things that aren't considered alive uh, by at least our, what we define as life. The very first amazing, you know, the creation of something alive, something that actually had intelligent life, was able to cho- choose its own uh, motions, its own actions, its own, its own do as it pleased, was this word, harimeses, they started to move. Because created things that are alive that move. That that is quite significant. I think that made a huge difference in the creation. It was it brought the creation to life, and I, I think that's a very decent reason why it should have a tam of pazer on it. Uh, in addition, the word pazer 
the definition of the word prazer, and this the Zohar says, means to scatter, pizur. And again, probably again, I'm just make, taking a, uh, a guess that the first opportunity or ability for creations to move and separate and spread out from each other, and in this case probably spread out and cover the whole earth, was because they were remesses, they were given the ability to move. So that's why both the word itself, the pazer, the meaning of the word, and the, the tam, the nigun of it, are, are uh, appropriate for this word. That's the way I would speculate to say pshat. The Kabbalah Svarim, who address the names of the trup, they attribute deep Kabbalistic concepts to them. For example, Revi'i, uh, which is number four, they write it's connected, the Svarim write it's connected to the Midah of Malchus, and there's a big explanation why four is Malchus, and how it goes up to Kesser and back down. Uh, 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 you know, so obviously there's many secrets of the Torah that are involved with the name and the deeper meanings of, uh, of the Trap as well. But, here's a fascinating thing. The, the Zayar not only explains the name and the meaning, but even the shape of the Trap is significant. Right? One of the Trap is the, the Asla Gerish, right? So what does Asla Gerish look like? Let me just share the screen on that one. So Asla Gerish, uh, here we go. Asla Gerish looks like a, a crescent, an uh, inverted comma, right? A crescent, or I guess we could say a rainbow, right? And then Gershaim, we'll get to that soon, is a double, a uh, double rainbow, okay? So the Zohar says that it has that form like an outstretched sword, like a spear. It's going to kill someone. That's what the Zohar says. It's a Tukune Zohar. It says, As l'gerish it's like a remach, like a spear, to kill them with a sword. Now, in Parashat, there's a beautiful Sefer on Trap, uh, one of the many, like I said, but this Sefer is called Tapuche Chaim, and it was written by um, a, a relative of the Vizrat Rebbe. He was, he's not alive anymore, he was a Rav in Eretz Yisrael, and uh, he wrote this beautiful Sefer on Trap. So he writes that, just an uh, application of this concept of the Zayar, that on the Pasik in Pasha Shalach, it says the Muraglim by Yevoyu ad Nachal Eshkal. They came until Nachal Eshkal. That was the first place that they arrived, the Muraglim. And the trap on Nachal Eshkal is Azla Geresh, right? So it's this inverted comma on top of, of Nachal Eshkal. So he says, Chazal say that Kalib and Yufuna turned to the Muraglim who were really not trying to be helpful, and they were not planning on bringing back fruit to demonstrate how tremendous and wonderful Eretz Yisrael is. And he told them, if you don't bring back fruit, I'm going to kill you with a sword. So he says, that's beautiful, that's why there's an Azlagerish on top of it. It wasn't that they just got there, but they were actually threatened by a, a sword when they got there by Kalev ben Yufuna. The Chazal say, Amar Kalev, if you don't bring from the Paris of Aretz, I'm going to kill you with a sword. He also has another beautiful shot in this. Uh, and with the actual form and shape of the of the crescent of the Azogerish, it's back to Parshas Vayeshev when Yaakov Avinu divides his two his his whole encampments his Vayachatz right Vayachatz he split up the two encampments in Shtei Machnois so they're also to Azogerish so he brings a medrash that the medrash says that he put them in the formation of a rainbow in the formation of a crescent it's a very defensible formation so again the tower the trap is Azogerish it's shaped like a crescent, and that's actually what he did. He divided them, and he put them into that formation as well. It's also the Sefer, Tepuch Beautiful, beautiful pshat. Another pshat he brings, the Tepuch is on Gershayim. 
So Gershayim, we saw before, is a double crescent. And he brings from Rav Zalman Mivolajin, and he brings from the Ramak, Rav Moshe Kordaviro, that Gershayim is double, and that, that is what it means as well. Something doubled, something two times over. Uh, and he brings different applications of it, but one fascinating application, which I believe is his own, is on a Pasik in uh, a, a, a Pasik about Peya. So the Pasik says, uh Sakala, Bukutrachem is Pasadchem Lysakala, so it's talking about giving Peya the edge of the field. So both the word Bukutrachem and Lysakala have a Gershaim. What's double about Peya? So it brings down a Mishnah. The Mishnah in Masach's Peya says is that if you assemble all the wheat in your field, but you make two separate storehouses of it, you have to give a separate Peya for each one. If you divide them into storehouses, you have to give uh, two payas. And it's Allah Meshim Sinai, but he says it's Marumas in this Gershayim. The Kutruchem is Ksir Sadcha. When you do it double, if you do it twice, then you have to give payah twice. Again, just a beautiful utilization of the actual shape of the, of the Gershayim as well. So, in conclusion, what do we have over here? The, the simple. Um, use, utilization of the trap, really the Pashat utilization is, as we said earlier, is to be used as a stop or as a connecting. There are four levels of stop. There is the Kesar, which is like the Asnachta, the full stop. And then there's the second level of stop, which is called Molochim, which are like a Kama, like a Tipcha, or a Zakiv Katin. And then there's the third level of stop, which is a softer stop than a Kama. Um, and and uh, a yasiv, a tvir, I mean, which we gave, and we gave examples of how all those are used to understand and to explain pshat and the psukim. But then we demonstrated that not only that is used to say pshat and the pasik, but both the sound, the nigun itself, is utilized to say pshat and the pasik, like by a pazer and uh, by a shalshelas, and likewise the the words itself, the names of the trap are used a lot many times by Mepharshim, Kadma, Vazla, uh, to, to, uh, or Munach, to demonstrate what the point of the Pasik is, what, the, what was going on behind the scenes. And even the shape of the trap is used by the Zaira, like a sword or like a crescent, to demonstrate something and another deeper understanding in the Pasik as well. So this is just a little a little scratching the surface of how much depth and secrets of the Tyra and, and the wealth of Tarash of Alpeh that's included in these incantation symbols, the, the intonation that we know so, so little about. So they give us a new appreciation for the Trap and I hope the Balakir Kriya now appreciate how much work they put into uh, memorizing the Trap and, and uh, when they're laning. That's a worthwhile, a worthwhile effort. Shkayach. Uh, so, Rebbe, which yes. also is the proof that the 